This podcast is brought to you by Ideate and Execute. Do you want to drive innovation in your organization, futurize your enterprise, ideate massively valuable new products, or execute them to market? Then contact us today at ideateandexecute.com and get started. Welcome to the Think Future Radio Show. My name is Chris Kalabukas, and once again, we're coming at you live from deep, deep, deep in the heart of Silicon Valley, California. We're talking innovation, startups, the future, not necessarily those, and not necessarily in that order. So, one of the things that's the latest things that have, um, one of the dangers, all right, let me backtrack for a second. So back in 2004, from 2004 to 2009, I worked at Yahoo. I worked in the innovation group at Yahoo. We, I spent roughly my first half of my time at Yahoo uh, running the innovation program, the internal grassroots innovation program, where we took ideas from internal Yahoos and uh, put it into a system which I developed that I called Yahoo Ideas. Basically, it was a internal dig for ideas. So what would happen is somebody would post an idea and others would um, thumbs up or thumbs down the idea, the ones that bubble to the top, were going to go into a product pipeline. Now I did that about half half the time that I was there. And about halfway through the time I was there, we noticed that a lot of the products weren't really getting into the product pipeline. Either they were too, too new or uh, it was too difficult for them to implement it in the systems that they were in and uh, the products kind of languished. So what happened was innovation sort of languished because nothing's worse than an inventor coming up with a great idea, submitting it into a system like that, and then hearing nothing or nothing coming of the idea. Basically what happens when something like that happens is if the communication isn't good, then what ends up happening is that they throw a couple of ideas in. If you have very inventive people, you throw a couple of ideas in. If they don't get good feedback on it, you know what they say? You know what? I'm just going to hold back on this idea because, you know, I'm living in Silicon Valley. One of these days I may leave the company and I'll take the idea with me and then I'll launch it on my own so you don't get the benefit of that idea from your employee. So you want to create a safe environment for people to do that sort of thing and then that's what we did. But like I said, what ended up happening is that it was very difficult to take these products and put them into product pipelines. So about halfway through my tenure there, we switched to instead of ideas being driven to product only, we also decided maybe a good idea for some of these ideas to be patented because they're great. They were great ideas, especially some of the more far, far forward thinking ones. That these ideas would be um, patented. So instead of focusing on what we can do to improve things today, we focused on what we could do thing uh, improve 10 years out. So we went out and ran a program that got people thinking about the future and got thinking about what are things going to be like 10 years out. And when people started thinking about what life was going to be like 10 years out, what, what the company was going to be like 10 years out, what the world was going to be like 10 years out, then we started seeing some very, very interesting ideas being generated out of this program. And a lot of those ideas went into the patent pipeline, and a lot of those ideas ended up being patented. And those are up there right now, and uh, those patents are owned 
owned by Yahoo, and we created a whole ton of very, very interesting ideas. In fact, one of them is exactly, almost exactly, Meerkat. So if you've been watching the tech press at all over the last little while, there was a there's a new app out there that allows you to stream what's happening over your um, smartphone to your friends. So basically what would happen is that you could say, hey, I'm at a concert, watch this. So you'd fire it up and you would point it at um, whatever you want. It would stream live video from your phone over the network to a number of people. And actually, no, I think it just streams it to Twitter. Right? It streams it to Twitter. So that was the... That's I think I believe that is how Meerkat works. And Meerkat is just taking off. It's it was launched a couple like a couple weeks ago, and they already have twenty eight thousand plus viewers. It's just amazing. There's just it's just a, a viral explosion, a viral explosion. But <laughs> at the risk of sounding um, uh, full of myself, we came up with that idea when we were back at Yahoo. That same idea is something that we generated at Yahoo, and I believe it was um, just one or two of us on that patent. And it was called um, something like wireless streaming multicast. So the way our idea would work, and it's funny, the genesis of this idea was when I was uh, I was speaking with my fiance, and we had a long distance relationship at the time. And I thought to myself, you know, wouldn't it be great if she could experience the same things I'm experiencing? If I could, if I could have some device that would allow me to let her see what I see. Let her experience the same things I'm experiencing. So, for example, we could do things like sit down at a cafe and, and have a coffee together. Or I could be walking down a, a, a street and and uh, she could see where I'm walking and hear the sounds of where I'm walking and stuff like that. So I did a little experiment. So I took a laptop. And this was in 2007? 2007. I took a laptop with a webcam and a, a mobile wireless device, and I put it all into a backpack. I clipped the webcam to the, my shoulder, and I connected with her on Skype. And she was able to see me, as, as so. and I walked down to a little town here called Los Gatos. So I had the backpack slung on my back. I had the camera just over my shoulder. I had the mic uh, just below my um, like shoulder here and I was walking along live streaming where I was as I was walking to her Skype and we tested it and it worked I mean it was a little choppy and everything so the technology was very very uh, behind at the time but it it was it worked so I wrote up the disclosure and basically instead of saying um, it was point-to-point communications it was more of um, Multicast. So what would happen is that, say, I was at a concert somewhere, and I wanted my friends to join me at this concert. So what I would do is I would fire up this app, and I would say, hey, I'm at the uh, train concert. You guys want to join me? And it would send, send a message saying, do you want to join me? So it would blast it out to all my friends via Facebook or some other social network. And it would say, hey, Chris is at the train concert. Do you want to join him? And... You'd give them like a window or something like that and say, sure, I'd like to join them. Press that button and then what comes, what I'm recording through my smartphone gets cast to 
everyone who's joined me in in this same situation. So this idea we came up with in 2007, but at the time, the technology just wasn't there in order to implement this sort of thing. I mean, <clears throat> like I mentioned to you, it was really, really choppy, and I believe at the time you couldn't even do data and voice at the same time. So the, the way um, we built it in the patent was that you could do data and voice at the same time. So we were we were assuming that at some point in the future you could do data and voice at the same time. But, of course, nowadays everything's gone to data, so the voice and the data all run over the same stream, and it's all LTE, and at the time we couldn't do it because LTE wasn't around and the speeds just weren't there. So I guess the point I'm trying to make here is that being um, innovative, being a futurist, being, you know, always looking out at what's next. You're kind of like a weatherman. You're kind of like a weatherman. You 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 make predictions. Now, some people would say you're kind of like a fortune teller. You make predictions based on what you know. And I'll bet you, if you look back on the predictions that people have made, they are correct. Most of the time, the predictions are correct. They just don't hit the right moment. Just don't hit the right moment. So that's the key. <clears throat> In fact, it's almost more key than the invention itself. I remember we were having a... Uh, if you guys watched the Big Bang Theory, there was a discussion. It was an interesting discussion between ideation and execution. And they were talking about... And I, I love the discussion because it happens around here all the time. What's more important? Coming up with the idea or executing the idea? And, of course, they're both equally important. And some people say, oh, ideas are a dime a dozen. It's the ability to execute the idea that's important. And other people say, you know, it's really hard to come up with a good, uh, unique idea. It's the ideation that's important. And the reality is, is that they're both equally as important. Because if you mess up one or the other, then your startup's not going to go anywhere. But the fact of the matter is, is that most of the time, when we're coming up with these forward-thinking concepts is that we hit the wrong moment. And it kind of came to me, interestingly, through um, a meeting I had the other day with a really f- sort of forward-thinking, forward-thinking think tank group last yesterday. And they were talking about all the great inventions that they came up with. And I thought to myself, well, these are great inventions that were then taken forward by other companies and commercialized. And the key is, is that these guys may have come up with the ideas, but the execution was handled by others who understood the product market fit. They absolutely understood, like someone like Steve Jobs, for example, who was had this uncanny ability to detect exactly when a product would hit should hit the market perfectly in order to make the most splash. He was amazing at that. And Maybe Apple's not the same since that's gone. I don't know if Tim Cook has that same sort of uh, sense. But I think that's the key. I mean, you're looking at, it's a great idea. It has to be executed properly. So this is the, this is the, basically the three tips for startup success. Is a great idea, properly executed at the right moment. So all those things, once they line up, end up, Generate or developing a startup that lasts. Now, the key thing here is is that we're not just talking about something that just becomes popular and then disappears because that happens all the time too. I mean, we're too early in the 
We are way too early. We are way too early to know whether or not Meerkat is going to be something like that. I mean, it's just launched. It may have an interesting, may have a good amount of traction right now, but who knows if it will continue to have traction. We'll never know that. I mean, look at something like Slingshot. Where's Facebook Slingshot? That's gone. It was on my phone for a bit. It was fun for a little bit, and now it's gone. So, interesting experiment, but did it have legs? No, it didn't have legs. Lots of stuff like that. So, everybody, all these people who get super excited about the latest and greatest technology, you know, latest and greatest app that's out there, the latest and greatest this or that that's out there, you know, it may not necessarily last. I think what we are, as startup founders, looking for is not just the product that goes hugely viral and then disappears. Because there's plenty of those that have come and gone, and it doesn't create lasting value. It doesn't create lasting uh, value for either the users or the shareholders. We're looking for that beautiful combination of idea, execution, and timing that makes these things built to last. That's it for me for today. See you next time, and until then, don't forget to think future. Future.